Hello, and welcome to the Libertarian Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sinek, joined, as always, by the Libertarian himself, Professor Richard Epstein, Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution, as well as Professor of Law at NYU and Senior Lecturer at the University of Chicago. Today, Sessions, Comey, Trump, and Mueller. And Richard, those are the personalities who are at the center of these ongoing controversies over the president himself and the investigations into whatever potential ties there may have been between his administration and the Russian government, the firing of the FBI director, this whole constellation of issues. And you and I are recording this a day after the latest development, which was Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, testifying in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee partially in response to the testimony last week from Jim Comey, the former director of the FBI. And I'll just start you here. Sessions, when questioned by members of the committee, was not willing to talk about some of the discussions that he had with the president about Comey. And he said that while he wasn't invoking executive privilege, he was essentially preserving the president's right to assert executive privilege if he so chose. We also were talking about executive privilege last week when there were rumors that the president might assert it to keep Comey from talking to the Senate about the conversations that the two of them had, all of which, of course, raises the question, uh, what exactly is executive privilege? How does it work? Where are the boundaries on it, Richard? Well, this is a very tough question, and as you start to get to these rather improbable fact circumstances, what people thought were established forms of law turn out to be highly doubtful. But the basic notion of all privileges is that for people to conduct their office, what they must be able to do is to get in confidence, understandings and opinions of the people who work for them. If you don't have that kind of confidentiality, then you'll never get the candor. And so attorneys, for example, have a communications privilege with respect to their um, clients, and an outsider can't get it unless they're really very severe allegations about criminal conduct or something of the sort. Uh, the thing that makes it complicated for the executive privilege is it may not track in all particulars that of the attorney-client privilege. Uh, there's at least one view which says that unless the president asserts the privilege at the time that the meeting starts to take place, it's going to be lost and that everything is then a matter of public record open for everybody else to inspect. And there's probably another view which says that to the extent that the president is engaged in routine conversations with a standard high-level people, the privilege automatically attaches so you don't have to have these kinds of formalities. So we're not quite sure which of these two views are correct. And when the president decided that he wasn't going to try to stop Comey from talking, we don't know whether it was because he really thought there was an executive privilege there or whether he said, if I try to stop him from talking, it's going to create such a hellish environment uh, that it will bring back shades of Watergate, and that's the last thing I'd want to do. So we don't know what he did. Sessions, when he invokes it, it's not at all clear that you can invoke it after the conversation has taken place. So that's another wrinkle that you have to throw into this situation. Um, and it's not clear that he can, as it were, try to preserve it for the president. It would be, I think, a better procedure for the president to assert it for himself by designating one of his uh, subordinates to go and to do that. So you, you get all of that stuff. But there's a second part of the Sessions thing, which I think is very important, which is he had to consult with his key officials, Rosenstein is the obvious one, to figure out what to do about Comey and a whole variety of other issues, including his recusal 
people from the Russian affair. And he's saying, look, I can't run my high-level office if everything that takes place inside the Department of Justice is going to be subject to the prying eyes of Congress. You can ask us to justify our public decisions and our acts, but to get particular communications is going to be a very tricky thing. And this, of course, becomes complicated because he was prepared to talk about some of the conversations that he had, particularly with Comey, and there was something of a bombshell there, I thought, in which he said Comey told me he was unhappy with the president, but never once mentioned at that particular time that he thought he'd been ordered to do an illegal act, that is to stop the uh, uh, the Russian investigation. So this thing is going to be fraught with difficulties all the way down the line, and my guess is this is Act 1, Scene 1 of a five-act play, which may end sometime in the year 2020. Speaking of legal limitations, there were some suggestions in the press, which the White House has subsequently tried to shoot down, that President Trump may have been considering firing Bob Mueller as the special counsel in the Russia investigation. Okay, so obviously there would be a political fallout associated with that, but would the president be within his legal rights to axe the special counsel? Does he have that power? Oh, this is, gets another one of these things. The answer is, of course, that I've never liked special prosecutors precisely because they raise all these complications. But the general rule is that he can have Mueller fired, and then the complication is whether he can do it directly or whether he has to organ, offer, or, you know, order Sessions to fire him on the grounds that he can't jump channels. My guess is he probably could fire him directly under these circumstances, given that he's the chief executive officer and has to pay the price. Uh, what I do want to say, however, is I understand Trump's unhappiness with this situation. I thought it was an unwise appointment to begin with on sort of abstract grounds. I don't want anybody having that kind of job. But this is what the situation is. Um, Now Comey has essentially argued that there has been some degree of corruption with respect to his dismissal, and that will fall within the purview of the Russian investigation. And if that's going to be the case, then it turns out that Mueller is going to have to investigate Comey. Well, this is completely inappropriate in my judgment, because these guys go back a long time, one way or another, and he's not a disinterested party outside of the government circle who knows something about criminal affairs in the FBI. He is somebody who has close ties to somebody inside this particular situation. And so having an ex-insider run this thing strikes me as being something which I would be rather upset with if I were Trump. Now, to make things even more complicated, the Wall Street Journal has announced today that the Senate panel will probe Donald Trump's firing of James Comey. And this is going to be sort of partisan interference. So the president is being besieged on two particular fronts. And as I've said on many particular occasions, I think that Comey was being very cagey in this case, did not, in my view, behave above board, sort of passes these innuendos about this thing being obstruction of justice, but doesn't do what you would have to do, either report it to Sessions or resign, but instead keeps it quiet. And this is like holding fodder back so that if he is fired, he can really exact some degree of uh, revenge against the president. So actually, I'm kind of disappointed, and I wrote my Hoover Defining Ideas columns talking about the KG Mr. Comey, and everything that I've seen since then uh, seems to confirm the uh, judgment that I made at that particular time uh, that this is not all right and that he should not be regarded as a conquering hero. 
and in fact has done some things which may warrant investigation themselves. So uh, the way in which this thing has been set up, he's become the knight on the white horse, but it seems to me that if there's going to be an investigation, it should not only be about the firing of him, but it should be about his own conduct leading up to that particular firing, which I think raises some very serious questions. What are those questions? What things that Comey did deserve a second look? Well, for one thing, um, he comes up there and he says to the president, I'm not running an investigation on you uh, three times. And then the president says, will you please make this public? And, you know, you're sitting there and you're saying, well, why won't he do it? Comey gives no coherent explanation as to why he won't talk. And it's certainly not the case that he just never talks about pending FBI um, investigations. He talks about them all the time under all sorts of situations. I think that that is extremely uh, dubious kinds of behavior. I think the president is entitled to that degree of exoneration. And that complicates everything else because I think the reason the president fired him may not have to do with what he said about our friend um, um, our friend Flynn, but rather has to do with the fact that here he has a guy who's working for him who won't exonerate him when it turns out that he believes that what the president says and stands for turns out to be true. So I think that's there. Secondly, I think Comey's behavior is extremely poor in taking these secret kinds of notes and announcing that these are private papers. I think these would be clearly covered by the Federal Records Act. Uh, they're done as part of and in the course of his ordinary business, and he never got opinions from anybody inside the FBI or a private counsel as to whether he should do it, and then he leaks it. Now, why does he leak it? Because if he sort of did it publicly, he would bring a probium on himself. Now all the stuff gets out there and it's in a negative form, and he comes back and after the fact he announces that he did it and claims heroism. I think, in fact, that's a pretty serious breach of confidence and that he ought to be called there. It's also the case, I mean, that I think Comey has been very inconsistent in the way in which he's done other things. His revelation at the time uh, that when Loretta Lynch told him uh, to call this a matter rather than an investigation, he said, that, you know, everybody's going to figure it out. And she says, do it. It was an order. And then he does it. Well, you know, he went after Martha Stewart for basically saying that things were fine and he called that an obstruction of justice case when he didn't have any insider information case that he could bring against it. Well, you know... I think it's a rather extravagant reading of the obstruction of justice statute, but if he's prepared to apply it to Martha Stewart, I think he got to worry about the fact that it's going to be applied to himself. And the defense is, well, it's perfectly transparent, and so therefore no harm was done. Obstruction statutes don't work that way. If, in fact, you're doing something which is a lie in public to deflect it, the fact that it's an ineffective defense or ineffective action may not be a defense, at least under the aggressive view of obstruction that he takes. So there's this funny kind of inconsistency. And when he really wants to go tough on people, he really can lower the boom and use a broad definition. And then when he He's up there, or Hillary Clinton's up there, all of a sudden it changes. There's a really powerful piece on this by Molly Hemingway in The Federalist, which sort of talks about the inconsistencies of Comey's previous behavior. And I think if you're going to run an investigation of what he behaved did in this case, it's perfectly fair game to ask whether it's consistent with what he did in other cases. And I thought, particularly back in 2015, the soft peddling of the Hillary Clinton investigation was a scandalous abuse um, of 
executive authority. Why would you ever give immunity to somebody to get documents that you could acquire by way of subpoena? I mean, that's just one of many faults that he made. And, and so, you know, looking at this whole thing, it seems to me, frankly, that uh, Rosenstein was right. Sessions, who said he supported the dismissal, I think he was right. I think Trump was right. Trump botched it, of course. What he should have done is given all his reasons at one time instead of keep on shifting ground. But that's because he's a Washington amateur. And he starts making the kinds of stupid mistakes that keep these inquiry going. He needs to have a protocol officer who's allowed to put a clip on his mouth so that he cannot speak until he first vets what he says. Um, but they're suckering him all the time and getting him to say stupid things that essentially then cast everything in a bad light. So he's always fighting an uphill battle, whereas... Comey is the absolute consummate Washington insider, and he doesn't make those kinds of blunders, and that's precisely why his admissions are so troublesome to me. He actually knows what the lay of the land is, and he's making the kinds of statements which, frankly, uh, lead me to doubt his judgment on these things and to think that he's really trying to ensnare the president. And mind you, you know, I've called for Trump to resign. This is not a full-scale endorsement of the president, but as I always like to say, with Trump, it's always a la carte. When he's wrong, he can be very, very wrong, and when he's right, sometimes it turns out that other people take advantage of him precisely because he's wrong on other issues. Sessions got questions yesterday about why he was talking to the president about Comey's firing, given that he had recused himself from the Russia investigation earlier this year. And he said that, look, recusing yourself from one investigation doesn't preclude you from getting involved in the broader efforts and questions involving the department. Putting that sort of to one side, though, Richard, is it an impediment for Sessions in his role as attorney general to be sidelined on something this serious? Um, I've said that from the beginning. I I don't think he should have recused himself. I mean, he said that he made a slip when he was dealing with Al Franken. He may well have been baited and confused. One of the things that I like to tell people when they ask me is, I've actually had the misfortune of being deposed or being under pressure like that. And you may think that you have a great memory, but the truth about the matter is you're always prone to make mistakes under these circumstances. One of the very common practices that good lawyers do is they ask you a question about something. You think you remember what's going on, and you say, B and C, and then they put a document that you wrote three and a half years ago under your nose, and it says not A, not B, and not C, and you look like a fool. Uh, so one of the lessons that I had to learn as a witness, which is to go against time, is that you never volunteer information, and you always remember that you don't remember these kinds of things. So the first thing you ask, is there any document that I should see so that I could refresh my memory, and then I'll talk. Well, he went off, and that got him out of this thing. I think it was a mistake for him to recuse himself, but I also agree with Sessions. He recused himself from the Russia investigation, but my God, Tomey runs the entire FBI, and if anything is ever tinged with a Russian element in it, that means he's recused, then he just has to quit the department over huge amounts of things that it does, particularly on personnel. So I think he's actually correct on that, uh, but my general view on this is I do not like people in public offices if there are gaps in their statutory authority. So to give you a, an unrelated example. Suppose you want to appoint somebody to be attorney general. Say, you know, Mr. Sessions, we really don't like the stuff that you're doing on drugs. You have to agree to recuse yourself from all drugs or we're not going to vote confirmation. <laughs> 
Uh, that just creates an impossible situation. And if it creates it when it's done by coercion, I think it creates it here. Now, what, Cohen, what, what Sessions said, which I think may be true, is he said that you have a situation where the statute says that if you've been part of a campaign and that campaign comes under investigation, you have to recuse yourself. And he said that rather than any omission was the ground. But this again points then to another thing is you can't play both roles. Um, if you know that that's what the statutes say and you're President Trump, Sessions, you don't take a job if in fact there's something brewing that could cause you all sorts of difficulties. And remember, the Russia thing um, was certainly very much in the air long before the confirmation in February, I believe it was, of Jeff Sessions. So I think that that was actually also a mistake. So I think in effect what happens is people want these jobs and they try to finesse these difficulties. But whenever you have these rickety accommodations, they always fall apart under pressure. And so that leaves me highly, shall we say, uneasy about this this whole uh, scenario. I mean, I have my view of Sessions actually improved. I had a higher opinion after I read his testimony than before, uh, but I still think that the major structural weakness of trying to be a part-time attorney general when there's a big issue on the table is one that even a very skilled and honorable man uh, uh, can't deal with effectively. Final question that I'll pose to you. It seems now to be a matter of near universal assent that President Trump made this whole thing much harder on himself by firing Comey, or at least by the manner in which he fired Comey. What advice do you have for the president going forward about how to handle this situation? Well, what he needs to do is to get a very experienced Washington hand to run him. What, what Trump did was exactly the opposite. He took Markezovich, who's a bulldog litigator from New York, who's represented him on all sorts of contentious things. He was the one who wrote the letter to the New York Times threatening a defamation suit, which brought forth so much ridicule. No Washington insider would have ever written or allowed that letter to be written during the course of the campaign. So I think he's got somebody who's you know, a pretty distinguished lawyer in New York City runs a major firm who's just not Washington smart. And it's a completely different business. The example that I give when people ask me about that is what happens when you get business people who try to become university presidents. And it turns out it's very difficult to make the adjustments because in one place you're a lord and master and you have the right to hire and fire. In the other place you have to deal with tenured faculty who are often quite obnoxious. And the government has a civil service. It has career employees. You have to answer to Congress. It's a very complicated situation. And what you really have to do is you have to learn how to bob and weave in one of these complicated environments. Trump does not know that. I don't know that. Uh, but he hired somebody because he's comfortable with Kasowitz, who's always stood by him in hard times. But what he needs is somebody who actually knows the lay of the land. And uh, maybe you keep Kasowitz and get somebody else to do that sort of function. But what is perfectly clear to me is that to the extent that he tries to handle this himself, he will continue to make mistakes. The obvious mistake, let me just end on this note, is he gets this thing from Rosenstein, uh, which is endorsed by Sessions. It doesn't say fire him, but it says, boy, there's a long list of things that are really out of the ordinary, which is consistent, by the way, with a loss of morale inside the FBI. And so I don't think Comey's right to say that the president was a liar on that issue. I think that was much too hard. So you get all of that stuff. And then what you do is you look and you say, I just don't like this guy. So what you do is you announce both reasons at the same time. And saying, look, this is always a hard decision. Here are two powerful factors that cut in the same direction. And I'm acting on it. 
at that time, what you do is instead of saying one is inconsistent with the other, they're now cumulative, and somebody has to say, wait a second, you really wanted to fire this guy when he had two strikes against him? Why not wait the three? He's in a much better position. So his whole way of bringing this forward uh, basically has brought the wrath of everybody down against him. And now, if you look, it turns out that, you know, Chairman Grassley of the Judiciary Committee is going to start to run an investigation. There's a real danger here that he will lose his Republicans because it's not at all clear that he knows how to, as it were, cultivate the correct kinds of regulate relationships with Congress. When Paul Ryan gets up there and says, well, the man doesn't know the ropes. It's no excuse, but you ought to understand it anyhow. It shows you the level of uneasiness that the Republicans in Congress are having uh, with the president. And so far, he hasn't taken any steps to sort of stem that. So I think he's in a very delicate uh, kind of situation. I actually have some sympathy for him on many of these particular charges. Uh, But as far as I'm concerned, the likelihood that he will play a difficult position well over an extended period of time is very low, given his impulsive nature and his unwillingness to trust people whom he doesn't have a deep past personal relationship with. All right. Thank you, Richard, and thank you to our listeners. Remember, you can find Richard's weekly column, The Libertarian, by visiting Defining Ideas at hoover.org, and you can follow him on Twitter at Richard A. Epstein. For the Hoover Institution, I'm Troy Sinek. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of the Hoover Institution. For more information about our work, please visit hoover.org.